0: to still buffering and cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl.
1: Well, I know you both are probably really excited for July 3rd. I am. You know what happens July 3rd. Oh, is that the Hamilton thing? What we're all going to be able to watch on TV. That's what it is. The Babysitter's Club reboot on Netflix. No. Oh. What? Is that not?
0: (laughs) No. Is that not It's Hamilton, Sydney. But is it both?
1: It's both. Okay. Surprise. The but see the joke the the conceit was that you would think obviously the (laughs) the the phenomenal groundbreaking musical by our friend Lynn is what you would think I was talking about, but instead it was the Babysitters Club reboot reboot on Netflix.
0: I I read I that, that gotcha.
1: <laughs> bait and switch there a little a yeah. bait and switch.
0: <laughs> I read that because Hamilton's going to be on Disney Plus. They're censoring it and getting out all like the the inappropriate not family-friendly parts. Um which I hope isn't true because I really like hearing Hercules Mulligan, you know, be Yeah. PG-13.
1: Well, also what about language? Like are they going to censor bad words <laughs> i mean <laughs> you gotta ask walt i guess but they have all like the no they have all the marvel movies on there i mean i guess some of those are i mean those are pg-13 they say bad words in the marvel movies yeah i hope they don't they have a Me lot too. of violence and adult situations and stuff in the marvel movies i can't, I can't imagine that's true that they don't and, and the mandalorian no they, they no way True. that's true there's a lot of violence if you start if you if you start going i mean like all the the star Warses. <laughs> there
0: is there is some violence in the star Warses. you're right just a, just a, a few violences but you're correct just violences. a few <laughs> just a few violences <laughs> soft
1: incest i don't know i don't think that i don't think that mouth stuff too soft too hard We haven't even gotten into the last Star Wars movie. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) If you you want to go down some problematic roads. um, Uh, No, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. I can't handle that internet. No, no, we will. We will not. We have no opinions on a Star Wars. I have no opinions on a Star Wars. Whatever your opinions are, are fine. And I support them. (laughs) Please. Let us be... Yeah. Continue to feel about all the Star Wars. However, you feel about all the Star Wars. We we like Baby Yoda. There we go. <laughs> we
0: can all agree on Except that. Except, please don't tell us that he's not a Baby Yoda. I can't handle it. Let's just Uh-oh. let us call him a Baby Yoda. <laughs> That's
1: true. We we can all agree that we cried every time we saw Carrie Fisher on the screen, right? Yeah. We can just all agree sure. on that.
0: Yes. Yes. It's the one thing all Star Wars can agree on. We all yes. agree, Carrie Fisher. <laughs> there <Yes>. we go. <laughs> So we can all come together on that. But uh,
1: yeah, so July th- July 3rd is a very exciting day uh, for for both of those reasons equally, I would say, for well, everyone.
0: <laughs> well, Also, I, I, it reminded
1: me that I, I'm going to have to introduce Babysitter's Club into this podcast at some point, uh, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I now guess
0: are that you gonna... reminds me I also have to do Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's fair. Well, that's good.
0: There was a there's a babysitters
1: club movie with the Alex Mack in it, wasn't there? I think you're right. It came out at some point in the late 90s, early 2000s. I believe that is I believe that is accurate. This this babysitters club, the reason that it, it caught my attention other than obviously I love babysitters club is that uh in the trailer for it, it has them answering a phone. And, like, it follows, first of all, a very long, like, corded phone cord up to, like, like as you're going through the trailer, it's like you're fo- as it's opening, you're following this very long cord through a obvious, like, teenager's room with cool teen stuff all around it. And when you get to the phone that I assume Christy is picking up, since she is, you know, the head of the Babysitter's Club, the president, uh, it's one of those phones where you can see through and see oh, all yeah. of the... So it feels like very of a moment. When I saw that, I was like, oh, yes, <laughs> the phone we all wanted. I was going to say, I always wanted one and I never got one. But I, I can't imagine that those were like, <laughs>
0: like hard to come by. Riley, have you seen those phones? Yes, I have seen them in not in person. I'm, you know, haven't visited any 90s museums. Are th- does those exist? <laughs> wow you think they have, like, a small museum exhibit that's dedicated just to, like, stuff from the late 80s and early 90s somewhere? probably. They have to, it right? W- I'm not saying it's would that be old. Popular. I'm just saying that, like, that seems like a thing that people would, like, collect a lot of that stuff that maybe you can't use anymore. And that would be a thing a lot of people would be interested in going and seeing for nostalgic reasons and for educational purposes.
1: Man, if there was some way that I could have one in my house, like, I don't want a landline, but... I want somehow to have a Bluetooth thing with my my cell phone where it could just ring onto one of those massive, oh man, plastic situations. What was there was a fun moment in the '90s where we were just like, "Wow, technology is cool-looking. Everything should be see-through." We had like computers <laughs> that were, and phones that were, and Game Boys that were. I was gonna say, the was there a Game Boy that was Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But the but the graphing calculator was the coolest, right? We can all agree well, on that. Well. No. I, I loved, I loved, I never had one of those phones, but I did feel like vindicated when I got one of the see-through graphing calculators. I was like, yes, now I have arrived.
0: Well, okay. Good for you. Because <laughs> it was definitely the same level of cool when you had friends over and you were like, no, I know you all have the cool see-through phones at your house, but you'll never believe what I have. Oh, a see-through Game Boy? N- no. Oh, a see-through computer? N- well, n- no, it's um, my mm-hmm. see-through graphing calculator. Just it's silence. so cool. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. Watch oh. me graph this function. It's so cool.
1: Oh. It makes a line right on the screen. <laughs> I love graphing calculators. I and should get fun- one of the see-through <laughs> <laughs> I should get one of the see-through phones because Justin, for some reason we have a landline. It has something to do with something that he records sometimes. I don't I don't really understand why we needed one. He just informed me at some point I'm having a landline <laughs> put in wow. cuz I need one for something. And so we have I don't know what the phone number is. I don't I'm looking around his office right. I don't see a phone. I don't know if we have a phone, <laughs> but I know we have the ability To have a landline, so... Oh, so you gotta get one of those. And that'll be, like, your secret number, too, because I bet nobody knows it. So it's like, you mm -hmm. hand that out to very select people. That would be so cool. Uh, I I will tell you that for a long phone conversation, the old phones, especially those big cradle phones that were corded, were so much more comfortable to rest uh, against your shoulder for long periods of time than these, these little flat rectangles we all use now. Yeah, but, you know, they can't have all of your apps and all of your, your, your tweets and everything on them. So, it's a sacrifice yeah, but, we had to make for, for, for technology, Said We had to lose the giant hunk of useless plastic. But they could have your crush on the other end, and then you don't need the apps.
0: Well, you can also have your crush on the other end of, a, of an iPhone.
1: Yes, I understand. And you can see all of face. your crushes at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well. Anyway, right. I'm just Is saying this
0: what our podcast has gone back to debating the <laughs> the bits and, and <laughs> the triumphs of death. technology. <laughs>
1: phones are better now. We all know this. What are we talking yes.
0: about
1: today? <laughs> all right. Well, uh, the, I have no transition because it has nothing to do with any of this. We're going to talk about the Princess Bride. Hey, that's something that we can all agree is old and still excellent, I think. Yes, there is no way to update that and make it better. I think that's true. Somebody will try at mm-hmm. some point. There somebody did try, right? There was that rumor that went around like a couple like a year or two ago. Oh yeah. I feel that like that's right. Reboot. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like the cast and everyone even got, got, got involved. In <laughs> like yeah. I think I tweeted about it actually. You did? <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right, because I don't, I just, I mean, I'm not one of those people who, like, gets all upset. If they want to reboot it, I, I'll i probably watch it, but I don't really think they need to. It's just, they made a perfect movie. Leave it alone. <laughs> I think Fair. Yeah. There's a shortage of perfect movies in the world. <laughs> I think that may have been what I tweeted. <laughs> I was like, I feel like this is... Either you or an actual cast member tweeted that. Who knows? <laughs> Who can know? I, I think I think I may have tweeted that. Uh, yeah, because it... So, obviously I love The Princess Bride. We're going to m- mainly talk about the movie, but um, it is also... It is my favorite book. So, I will probably talk about that. And I also wrote... I also read... I didn't write it, because that's a lie. I read <laughs> <laughs> Carrie Elway's Like, behind the scenes, kind of like Story of the Making of the Princess Bride as you wish.
0: Mhm.
1: I read that as well. So I I know lots about the Princess Bride. So you were Bride. just a big not, old
0: nerd for this movie.
1: I am. I'm a big old nerd for this movie. Not like insider info. I mean it's all readily available to anyone who wants to read this book, but Right. I did. <laughs> uh the Princess Bride movie came out in 87. Oh wow. When wow. We were very yeah, very little. Riley was not around yet.
0: No. 13 years br the the book
1: is from i didn't realize i don't know if i realized how i knew it was older but it's from 73 oh wow yes yeah william goldman wrote the book in 73 um william goldman was always one of the people uh who is he's no longer with us now sadly but i always thought like if there was somebody that i could meet that I simultaneously would love to meet in person, but also would be so terrified to like say something dumb in front of, it was William Goldman. Mm-hmm. Like I always thought like, if I ever saw him, I'd want to say like, you're, I mean, I would, I would get in the line of people who would say your book meant so much to me, <laughs> the very long line, but also then I would say something dumb and think now I've said something dumb to William Goldman, so I can't live with myself anymore. <laughs> well, you yeah. I feel like it's it's unfair that of all the Smurl siblings, I'm the one that has interacted with, with William Goldman, because I got to serve him tea at a restaurant that I worked at. What? Uh, yeah. I think I've told this story before. But You have told me this. Yeah. I don't know if you've told it on our show. I was, uh, I was a barista at a very fancy restaurant in Soho, and uh, he came in one night. He was actually a fairly regular there. He had been there a few times before, and... Uh, at the end of dinner, I got to bring him out tea. He said, oh. thank you. And I said, no, thank you. So that was it.
0: <laughs> that was it. <laughs> you, you didn't, you didn't set say, it down and say, as you wish. <laughs>
1: no. Exactly. <laughs> no, I didn't want to, like, make it obvious. Like, I think he probably gets that a lot. And I, it's also kind of an unstated rule in, like, high-end service. Like, you're not really allowed to pr- to, to act like you know who the people are. I might have lost my job if I said that, actually, I probably would have, because it was a very cool place where we pretended that celebrities were regular people. Um, right. But. I feel like I feel like William Goldman would not have been. This is my fantasy. He would not have been upset about that, though. I have no idea. I would like I, obviously, to that, but yeah, I don't know. But also, he probably has had servers say, as you wish, to him. Like, he probably had that happen yeah. on, a, on a regular basis, I, didn't he? I I feel like in our pre-shift meeting, we were told that we explicitly could not
0: say that. <laughs> <even> <laughs> <word or anything. laughs> like, guys, it's not funny. It's definitely not funny. <laughs> Don't do it. It's like the one time that he made the mistake of not going to, like, a, a fancy high-end restaurant in New York. And he was just, like, chilling, <laughs> and, you know, in Applebee's or the Olive Garden. <laughs> all the servers came out and like sang him instead of the birthday song it was like an as you wish version oh no. Well, nope i never make that I mistake just, again just
1: took all the orders and in, in the the rhyme scheme of the that mm-hmm. game yeah they'll sing the song from the movie our love is like a storybook story yeah that would
0: that would not be a song good. that would that'd be a good way to do your job that'd be true. a terrible way to
1: do your job <laughs> Uh I was so obsessed with this movie. This really dates me. I was so obsessed with this movie when I was younger that uh when you could start when the when computers were a thing that we all had access to or a lot of us did and you could start getting things off the internet like clips of like sound bites from movies. Okay. I went wild on the internet trying to find sound bites yeah, from I mean like little like m- mp3s or whatever of just like Wesley saying like as you wish or something like that and putting them on our desktop. I was just saying, <laughs> there were- yeah, you didn't understand how to make a desktop folder cuz look, I was downloading like like images of anime that would I would wait 3 hours for for like one pixelated picture of Sailor Moon, but I at least had the decency to make a, a folder on the desktop and put my stuff in it. You just left the mm-hmm. desktop littered with wesley.web. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did so many of those files all over the desktop because I didn't know how to do that. That was why that was the origin of your Taylor personal. Yeah. That- Taylor had her had a Taylor personal file. Well, I think there was I mean, one it that like necessary. It, it automatically <laughs> generated as personal. Like it was a. Empty folder, and I uh-huh. tried to put my name in front of it, and filled up this the the character alignment, and just left it that way. So I, I didn't. I guess I didn't realize you could backspace the title of a folder. It was <laughs> it was the early days of understanding how computers work. That's what you should
0: call your autobiography,
1: <laughs> Telo Personal,
0: Telo Personal. <laughs> I know
1: you guys made fun of me so hard for that too. It was like, and I don't know what it just so. It was cute. I don't know what I was thinking, labeling a folder that I have on the family (laughs) computer as personal and not realizing that was an open invitation for you to both mock me horribly and definitely look at it. not not thought through on my part well surely if i label this personal my family will respect my boundaries my my 11 year old boundaries nope well as a parent i can tell you that if i looked on uh, charlie and cooper don't have computers but if i looked on our computer and that was charlie personal i'd be like what oh i'm looking in what (laughs) is in this you want me to see this right right what do you think is personal for me right now (laughs) Um uh, I mean to be fair, I had pictures of like Sailor Uranus and Neptune in there and at the time it felt very confusing and scandalous, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine our parents just going, It's a bunch of cartoons. I don't <laughs> I don't understand. Why is Some it personal? We love each other. <laughs> it's like okay, that's fine, Tay. Keep your personal file.
0: <laughs> um Let's try see, to figure I, things I, out. Go ahead. <laughs> I uh i'm curious to know i have not read the book and i've seen the movie several times so Mm -hmm. as someone who i think as we the three of us usually tend to feel that the book usually is is superior to the movie in not just Mm -hmm. this form but many forms um how does the book compare to the movie in terms of like accuracy and and superiority
1: the uh the I mean there it's a the movie is a really good representation of the book like it's a really nice it captures the spirit I think because the, the whole spirit of the book is that it it's this you know romance and it's set in the days of princes and princesses and it's all right. you know like the fairy tale thing but then it's got you know a little bit of a tongue in cheek thing it's got humor to it um it's it's not supposed to just be like sweeping romance. Right. And the other part of it that I think is really hard that they, they found a good way to nail is that in the book, they have the setup of William Goldman as a young boy, really sick in bed and his grandfather reading him the princess bride. That Mm -hmm. is, that is all like in the book, which if you think about it, I know it is very meta. And that's also like the talent to do that. Like, here's what I'm going to do. He has come up with this story that he's a little boy sick in bed. His grandfather's coming to read him a story while he's sick in bed. Mm -hmm. And the story he's reading him, The Princess Bride by S. Morgenstern, is a very long historical text that will be boring in many ways for a young sick kid. And so he's editing as he's reading. The grandfather is on the fly cutting out anything that wasn't good. Exciting. (laughs) <laughs> yes yeah. and and just doing what is the, referred to as the good parts version mm-hmm. and all of that and he, here's the wild thing I remember when I first read the book trying to find out again early days of the internet trying to figure out if there really was a book called The Princess Bride <laughs> by S. Morgenstern that had all those other bits in it I really yes. thought that like William Goldman really did edit S. Stern's book into the Good Parts version and publish it, and mm-hmm. if I could just look hard enough, I could find S. Stern's version. I, it does I, not exist. He sells it. I remember, wow. I, I think I remember you explaining that to me. Like, that's, there's a book out there, though, that's the real one. I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> Seems like I, I re- couldn't just do that to somebody else's work of literature yeah. <laughs> and get away with it, though. It's pretty disrespectful. <laughs> I really, because that's, that, that's the stuff in the book that um, isn't, I mean, they don't say all that in the movie. They have, of course, Peter Falk as the grandfather reading the book. But it's not clear that he's editing it to just the good parts from the movie. Right. Um, the uh, the stuff that is cut out, because they have this whole story in the book, Riley, about like he's, uh, he's giving it, William Goldman's giving it to his son to read.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And his son can't read it because it's the original one. Mm, And it has all of this like political historical stuff in it and references and these big long descriptions of things that are supposed to be like satirical representations of the monarchy and all Mm -hmm. this other stuff. Um, And his son doesn't like it because of that. And so then he does this in part so that his son will have the good parts version to read. And it has throughout the book these little annotations of at this point we're supposed to have like a 20 page description of the wardrobe of one of the characters. To, and this was like a send up of the monarchy and their excess and how rich these people are compared to these people and to show all this and whatever. but I cut all it all, all of that out because it was boring, that kind of thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the one thing I feel like that the movie does lack is the zoo of death. Okay. <laughs> is that Do you remember that in the, from the book uh, like on the way to the torture <clears throat> the torture room, you go through the zoo of death. Exactly. Before you get to the pit of despair where Wesley is kept when he is tortured on the machine and then, you know, subsequently killed, almost Mm -hmm. dead, uh, mostly dead, is uh, you have to descend through levels of animals that the prince has caught while hunting and collected inside his zoo of death. And each level of the zoo of death is a different like type of threat some mm-hmm. are really fast some are poisonous some are really strong whatever and on each level it's a whole collection of deadly animals that he has caught and then can in like release and hunt at his at his leisure mm-hmm. um, and they describe going down through the zoo of death in the book oh. and that i think would have been a very cool thing to see you know visually represented well, I, and then the, because the last one is like a super poisonous spider, right? Like it's behind the yeah. door handle. But because yes. they kick down the door, it doesn't matter. <laughs> is <that> right? Exactly. <laughs> and they have this, he has this whole buildup of this spider hiding behind the door handle waiting. And how like you're just waiting like, oh no, they're going to grab the door handle and then and they're going to. And then they're going to get bitten, and that's it. And they're going to die from this spider. And then they just, like, kick down the door and stomp on the spider and run right through. And it's not even a thing. It's so brilliant. It's so smart. I remember liking that part. <laughs> but then at the bottom is when they find Wesley, who mm-hmm. at that point is mostly dead. Well, I, the characters were a little different book to movie, right? <laughs> like, I mean. Slightly. I would say that the most different is Buttercup. She's real... Uh, um, Go ahead. <laughs> what were you gonna say? No, what were See, you gonna she's say? She's kind of a dumbo in the book, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know what? Hold on. We have to. We have to explore. I have a lot to say about Buttercup's character. So, real fast. All right. All right, all right.
0: <laughs> before Before we discuss uh, Buttercup, maybe a bit of a, d- a dumbo. <laughs> a dumbo, as we are going to eloquently refer to it as the, for the rest of the episode. Sorry. I love no, it. <laughs> I was gonna say a ditz, but all
1: right, that's that was better. <laughs> all right, but before we do that, let's check the group message. Uh, we have a jumbotron this week. This is exciting. Two weeks in a row with jumbotrons. Boop, boop. I love that. I love. I love when we get to send personal messages to people. Yes. I forgot we did them for a while. <laughs> yes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do them for anyone who's interested, and we can do things in jumbotrons like wish. Scout, a happy graduation! Happy graduation, Scout! Yeah, Yeah. happy graduation, Scout! Scout, the this is a this jumbotron is from your still buffering pals, Doug, Jenny, and Alyssa, and they say Scout is our friend who went back to school and just got her bachelor's in parks management. Wow! Wow! And now is graduating. So Doug, Jenny, and Alyssa are proud of you, and I uh, want to wish you a happy graduation, Scout. Great job, well, congratulations, Scout! Scout. That's, that's fantastic. Amazing. I assume that you then go on to become Leslie Nope. I was going to say yes. that this is only one career path there, right? Yeah. Or Ron oh. Swanson, mm. or Ron Swanson. Equal, you know what? Equally cool in different ways, Scout. Yes. I think they're very like they're opposite paths, but both end in very cool places. So true. Either way, I I don't think there's a losing, a losing Parks and Rec character here. No, unless (laughs) you're Jerry. Congratulations, unless you're (laughs) Jerry, and you know, even Jerry, (laughs) even Jerry, Gary, Larry, uh, you know, has a wonderful life. So true. All
0: right. Well, congratulations, Scout. Happy
1: graduation, Scout. Good job. Uh. So as you as you alluded to, yes, Buttercup is the most different, I would say, of the characters in the book, um, because you get this sense that uh, she's like you said, she's not necessarily the brightest. (laughs) I I mean, it's kind of like a purposeful, like, played for laughs, like, she's this beautiful, like, oh, otherworldly beautiful, but it's like, oh, baby, what you doing? (laughs) Like all the time. (laughs) She she named her horse horse, which I think is like that's now, one of the best. That's great. <laughs> um, and they said the, the the comment is like she was never very creative or long on imagination or something. She named her horse horse, and uh, but yeah, they they do give you the sense that she's not supposed to be particularly bright, especially in the beginning. When it's just the, you know, Buttercup and the farm boy before Wesley is Wesley. Mm-hmm. Um, they do go through. I, I do think that's something also that is, and again, you couldn't put this in the movie. So this is not, I am not criticizing the movie in any way. I think it's perfect and wonderful. And yes, there, of course, as a lover of the book, there are things I would love to see, like, visually represented, especially with those same characters, because I thought it was all cast so beautifully. Mm-hmm. Uh, but You know, you can't put everything in a movie and I don't know how you do a rundown of the most beautiful people in the world up until Buttercup becomes the most beautiful woman in the world, which like there's this whole story. Yeah, where they describe first the most beautiful woman in the world was this person and Buttercup was barely in the top 20. And then there was this person and then this is what happened to them. And, you know, they have all these little funny vignettes about the most beautiful woman in the world before Buttercup. But I that would be I don't know how you do that in a movie. It would be too much. Yeah. That's it's very cool to read. Um but I keep getting notifications by the way that Justin has ordered uh Kentucky fried chicken for the girls. Oh. <laughs> sorry. Okay. All right. Delightful. <laughs> I can We we share we share a uh uh I don't want to plug any specific a food delivery app. And I keep sorry, I keep getting these notifications, so that's great. So my children are eating KFC. Uh, well anyway. <laughs> Um, but that, I would say that's the most different, like, Wesley is pretty much Wesley and, um, you know, our Vizini and Inigo and, uh, Fezzik, I, f- I feel like are very similar. I, I feel like they were cast so well. Um, I, yeah, like, you know, Wesley <laughs> and Buttercup, that's cool and all, but I really just want to watch Inigo and Fezzik. Yes. That's, that's where my interests lie in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, and especially, like, Inigo, I mean, Andre the Giant is wonderful as Fezzik. This is not me, like, comparing the two. But I think it's interesting because Andre the Giant's storyline is a little more straightforward. Fezzik's storyline, <laughs> they're they're all in my head. It's all overlapped. Mm-hmm. Um, Mandy Patinkin as Anigo Montoya, like, you don't get, in the book, they give you the whole backstory of each of these characters, And so like you when he talks about his father being murdered by the six finger man, Mm -hmm. like I I don't know. But the way that it's written, at least for me, I felt that pain and that suffering and this like lifelong quest for vengeance Mm -hmm. for the death of his father. Like it's all there. And Mandy Patinkin isn't given a lot of time to do that on film. But of course, since it's Mandy Patinkin, he can do it. Right. Like. You know, you feel that in the movie, like that. I mean, his his character is so serious in a movie that is also very funny. Mm-hmm. My, I think about this a lot. <laughs> he's, my, he's my fave. absolute fave in the movie.
0: They're all they're all he, complex.
1: They are they are complex characters, and and you get you get more of that when you read the book because you get to hear the actual stories of each character. But I mean, I don't think you lose. A lot of it, just because it, it again, it was it was cast so well and directed so well and adapted so well. Um, uh, the just as far as like iconic scenes, the the sword fight between uh, mm-hmm. Inigo and Wesley—that is not real swordplay, right? That is purposefully like theater swordplay. No, they, I mean they really did the. They really learned how to sword fight. Yeah, they they uh, decided they didn't want it to do as much as possible. They didn't want to do any stunt doubles or anything. Mm -hmm. They wanted them to learn how to fight. And because it's funny, because if you read As You Wish, Carrie always was young. And this was like, I think this was like his first big thing. Mm -hmm. And Mandy Patinkin was kind of already a well-known, well-respected, like, you know, actor like right. real deal actor, and he took the the task of learning sword fighting so seriously. And he, Carrie always was very intimidated. Like, oh my gosh, I don't want to screw up the scene <laughs> <laughs> with Mandy Patinkin. <laughs> I'm going to look so dumb. Um, but no, they they worked and worked and worked to do that, so that it looked like that. Wow, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a very it's a very impressive scene. I the I think the thing. Because, I mean, we could sit and talk about, like, just the movie is great and the book is great all day. But I think the thing that really connected with me when I was younger, because I actually, I was introduced to the movie and the book at the same time by our Uncle Michael. Scampy Mike. Yeah, Scampy Mike. I was spending the night over at our grandparents' house. um, And Michael was maybe in college at the time perhaps, or I don't know if he was still in high school or maybe in college in like a summer where he was still staying there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he was our, our young, cool uncle. <laughs> 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 I mean, he still is, yeah. I guess. But like when yeah, you were, he, away he did, he did, he did, No, yeah. he still is. But but he uh, he was talking about the Princess Bride. No, I found the book. That's why I saw the book on his bookshelf. And I said, What's this? Because like, it didn't I don't know. I think I probably was very, like, naive at the time and thought, like, this looks like a girl book. Why does Uncle Michael have it? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Which, well, that's you know, that was a, a dumb thing to think. But I uh, so I asked him and he said, you ever read this? No. And he said, well, you've seen the movie. No. What's the movie? Oh, my gosh. OK. So he drove us to Movie Max.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: And <laughs> yes. And we went in. And he he, I know this is so this is so of a moment. We went to Movie Max together uh, in his Jeep and we went in and he um, knew the guy behind the counter. He was like one of his friends who worked at Movie Max, which I thought was like my head was exploding. It was the coolest thing ever. (laughs) Like, you know, know the guy. (laughs) I bet he can get some free. rentals (laughs) rentals <laughs> this, this is the coolest thing that's ever happened to me and so we went and we rented the princess bride like on vhs and then went back home, went back to mama papa's house and watched it and had milkshakes and i still remember this like formative experience um of watching it and thinking like this is my thing like this this is me i get <laughs> <No>. it <laughs> and it was it still is yes it still is and it, It is. And I started, as soon as I finished watching the movie, I started reading the book. I stayed up way too late that night reading a ton of the book. Uh, And then I just, I mean, it was probably a day or two and I was done with the whole book. And I have read it, I couldn't tell you how many times since then, Mm -hmm. um, countless times. I have multiple copies of it, like the various editions that came out. Had to replace one because it has like a a lengthy... (laughs) a A lengthy little um uh thing from the boyfriend at the time who gave it to me, oh, <laughs> oh no inscription yeah. a lengthy inscription from from that boyfriend, which seemed like a weird thing to just keep on our shelf yeah. just use some white out. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it wasn't like I didn't seek to replace it. I think like another boyfriend was like, I got you a new copy to replace that one that has your old boyfriend's ah. inscription in it.
0: And then what, uh, did, what did Justin do when you were like, well, I have this really old version that has a lengthy inscription from one boyfriend. Now I have a new version that was from another boyfriend to replace the old version. Justin was just like, OK, um, here, I got you uh, two different copies of the book and two different copies of the movie. <laughs> Please never just get rid of all the other ones. He did. He did get me a new copy of it because they had.
1: It was they've had various anniversary editions come mm. out over the years, and one of them had. And this is the one I think he got me. I don't remember which anniversary it was, but it had the uh, first chapter of what was supposed to be the follow-up book, Buttercup's Baby. Oh. But that was that actually a real thing, or was that just kind of another like, huh, it's not a real book, but here's like a chapter from it. Oh yeah. Tay, I I don't know. I <laughs> waited and waited. I hoped so much that another book was coming. I read that first chapter over and over again. Uh I but I, I never knew if it was really like yes, there is going to be another book or this is just kind of a joke too. I never knew and I mean obviously there's not going to be one now and I I yeah, I always I kept waiting. Well, and I mean part of that's because the book uh is- Correct me if I'm wrong, but it ends on a kind of a negative note. I mean, not like hardcore, like you don't know what really happened, but isn't there like an ending where everything goes wrong in the book? It's so again, yes, in well, yes and no. So, in the fiction that this is an S. Morgenstern book that is being edited by William Goldman, uh, the original version of the book that s Morganstern writes ends with they're riding off together on the horses but that is until wesley relapses and inigo's wound opens and one of the horses throw th- their shoe and the night is filled with the sounds of you know pursuit or something like that is how it ends and so it's mm. like you don't know like, they're, mm-hmm. it's still an adventure. You're not sure if they get away. Um, but what William Goldman says is, but I ended it the way I would like it to end, which is, and the four of them rode off together, and that's it. And they're, you know, they lived happily ever after.
0: So I guess that's technically like the ending because mm-hmm. there's no book to be altering, I guess.
1: There's, there's right? no actual S. Morgan Stern book. So, yeah. Yeah. So. So, yeah, so I guess so I guess that is the I don't know. God, it's also clever. Um, it's also weird and meta it, it, to think about. I know it's kind of it's, it's kind of like hypertext, right? Mm-hmm. It is. It, it really it, it's funny because the more I think about it, the more I think all of this is why. Uh, aside again from it, it's so obvious to say, like, I really liked the Princess Bride because like I, I've never met anybody who didn't like it. I've yeah. met people who obviously aren't as wild about it as I am. Most aren't, but I've never met anybody who's like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) but I mean, have you ever met a person who's like, oh, I hated that stinker?
0: Yeah. Is that what you get a lot whenever you talk to people that about how much you love Twilight? Uh Did we just just compare The the Princess Bride To Twilight That's No no I'm just saying like The Princess Bride Is one of those books Sydney loves it She's not gonna tell anyone She loves it And anyone's gonna be like How do you love that Mm. But Sydney also loves Twilight I don't wanna talk about that Okay Well and we're not. We're not going to
1: talk about it ever. We're not. Right? Never. No. Never, ever. I'm no just, one can, the only person that legally can bring it to the table of discussion is Riley, because it is in her age range, not yours. Oh. So it is null and void on this show. Thank you very much. Ah. Wow. Midnight Sun is coming out. What just does that mean? Is that a that. thing? It's a new wow. book in the Twilight Jesus. series. It's coming out this summer. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> obviously, the Princess, the Princess Bride, Bride the is... <laughs> It's far superior to all of the Twilight stuff. I, I, in my opinion, this is just my humble opinion. It is far superior, uh, but I do enjoy them both. But the the thing about it, I think that I found so like, oh, I'm going to incorporate this into me. Like now, this is part of me, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to shape part of how I see the world and react to things because of this. I think a lot of it is that play on. It's a fairy tale. And I think that, like, that kind of, like, hopeful, magical thinking is definitely part of my brain. But I also live very much in reality and believe in, like, evidence and facts and proof and science and, like, things to make my decisions. And it's funny because the book allows you to have both. The book gives you both, like... You know, this is how this is how the story really ends. And like, that's probably the truth. If you're running away from the from Prince Humperdinck, who is still alive now, so he can chase you. And he's got all of the all of his armies and men at his disposal disposal. Like, why do you think you can get away from him? I know you took his four horses, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's probably got others. <laughs> yeah. nope, those four. Whole kingdom. And- <laughs> Weird. <laughs> It's all of them. He has. We already know he has a whole our like armada of ships. We we know he can find you guys, and like Wesley was dead, <laughs> and I know that he we brought him back to life, but like we don't know what that magic's yeah. like. Mm-hmm. Miracle Max got fired, so we're not really sure how great he was. Um, and it, Inigo has been injured. He's been like, stabbed a lot. Like, yeah, a lot stabbed. of times. <laughs> So there's a lot of reason to worry about these people and like their their future success <laughs> um, that they, they have a lot. The odds are stacked against them and like that's all there. But then it's like, you know, but in my mind, this is what happened. And I, that kind of worldview, I think just it, it was like, ah, this is OK. Yes. Yes. This is how I proceed in the world. And now I have found someone who thinks the same and a whole work of fiction that supports it. And I'm good now. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, because it has that, that self-awareness that fairy tales aren't necessarily what you get in life. Like, it's, you know, it's a fairy tale, but it's a very, like, like we know what we're doing and we're going to subvert it when we can, which I think makes it, mm-hmm. I I don't think I would, I would usually, I'm not usually big in the fantasy, this kind of fantasy stuff, like, but this is, right mm-hmm. that part of it speaks to me. It's, you know, it's verging on, like, the, yeah, like the Mel Brooks, like the Robin Hood men in tights kind of parody, but it's still taking itself seriously. <laughs> it still has heart mm-hmm. to it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm right there with you, Tay, because I'm usually not a, a big fantasy reader or watcher, but I think the reason I enjoy this is because it has that other level to it of the story being told and changed and it being like a meaningful story that's being told to a child from a grandfather, not just like, here's this fantasy World, and it's you know it's mm-hmm. got layers, and it's not all perfect and romantic, and I enjoy that. Yeah. Um,
1: I like I like giving the I mean, other than Vizini, I like the idea that the bad guys aren't all bad. Hmm. Um. I mean, I guess Prince Humperdinck is bad. Uh yeah. And Count Rugen isn't yeah, so no, great. Yeah, they're
0: pretty bad. <laughs> so some bad guys okay. are bad.
1: <laughs> so some bad guys are bad, but. And ego and Fezzik just you know fell in with the wrong crowd.
0: <laughs> sure, <laughs> they
1: they just had some rough That's times, and yeah, and and they get they get to like recover from that. They they are they we can rehabilitate them and integrate them back into society successfully. <laughs> and I like that. <laughs> I, I like that part of the story. Um, you get more of in the book too, like the the love between Buttercup and Wesley, which it. It can come off as very like that kind of superficial fairy tale thing where it's just like, Oh look, they're both incredibly beautiful mm-hmm. and in proximity. So that's, that's what it love. takes. Beautiful yeah. <laughs> people, people like not socially distanced. <laughs> yeah. That's love. That's love. <laughs> um, and it it can come across that way if you if you think about it too much. But in the book, like, there's more to it. Um they grow together more, and especially like the moment in the fire swamp where Buttercup says, "I'll go back with you to Prince Humperdink if you just let him live." In the book, it's a lot harsher. She's, I mean, because she's like, you know, I can live without love. I've done it before. I thought you were dead. I decided I would never love again. I'll just go back to being that cold, removed person, and you can go sail your ships, and everything's fine. Which is like harsh. Um, and they grow from that and they like reconnect after that. And I don't know. I think I, there's more to it in the book. Like it, it, it shows the reality of, of a relationship a lot more than your typical fairy tale, I think. Yeah. You know, the part in every relationship where your true love is killed on a machine and then brought back to life yeah. right. by a miracle <laughs>
0: madam We've all been there.
1: <laughs> on a life sucking machine, I should say. Yeah. The obvious, you know, of course. Uh, but anyway, if you haven't uh, seen the movie, you should see the movie. I don't know who hasn't. But if you haven't, it's on Disney Plus, so you can see it so there. So um, Yeah. I I own many copies on various. <laughs> <laughs> I have many copies of the VHS, the DVD, uh, v- the an anniversary version or two of the DVD. Yes. you can, And I have uh, many copies of the book if you need one. You, um, you had a, a princess bride, a, a light princess bride theme to your wedding. Remember that. That's true. That's true. Very, very light. Yes. yes. You, what was the, I, what did you, I guess, cause, okay, so your, your party or your favor for your bride spades, we all got flasks and all the other ones mm-hmm. said, as you wish. But mine said, prepare to die. <laughs> <laughs> I well, I, I knew what you would appreciate. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> and I, I definitely, um, I wasn't. I won't say I was cosplaying as Buttercup for any proms, but more you or less. You were also basically. always cosplaying as. You never wore the red though. Uh, I did for a murder mystery weekend yes. I went to <laughs> really? with Justin a couple years ago. Yeah, right. I dressed as. We dressed as uh, Wesleyan Buttercup I for seen that. that dress? Yeah, I so I do have a Princess Bride costume now because periodically Charlie will encourage me to put it on and she dresses as other princesses. she has many princess costumes and we will we will be princesses together. so I still occasionally do that. Um, but it's it's great and you should read the book uh, because it's wonderful and heartfelt and I think it's the kind of thing if you've got free time right now it, it makes you feel really warm and good. yeah. Um, I also have a clock. Of the princess bride good <laughs> and, and a tote bag oh uh anything else and i've often thought of getting the tattoo mm-hmm. getting the phrase the um uh life isn't fair it's just fairer than death that's all mm-hmm. i thought about that tattoo i think that's a great tattoo uh definitely not in a place where your patient might read it easily sure um. <laughs> fair because being so a doctor <laughs> it's it's probably better than prepare to die well yeah that's true (laughs) there's that so uh i think i think i have covered all of the things about the princess bride that are important for me to put on in a podcast is there anything else that we need to record for the sake of podcast history about the princess bride
0: i mean i'm sure you could keep going but i think i think we've got all the basics yeah. The essentials.
1: I do. I do feel bad now. Now I'm having regrets We're sorry. over fictional Buttercup's uh, <laughs> intelligence. That's not you know. Every she she has strength. <laughs> just, yeah, that was. I I came out. I came out hot there, and I I regret it. No, it's definitely. I mean, it's definitely in the book that she's supposed to be like. I mean, like, ditzy. <laughs> I mean, like that's definitely that's that's no. You're not. <laughs> you're not wrong. I really. I, I, <laughs> you know, I, I do. I like the character. I don't want her to hear this and then think think badly about herself. No, about I don't think. I don't think she would. It's it's very funny. I mean, because it because it plays into the whole way that they actually declare their love for each other. Because she realizes, mm-hmm. I won't get into all, how, but like it takes her a long time to realize she loves Farm Boy Wesley. And when she does realize she loves Farm Boy Wesley, and she comes and like confesses her love and. Like this big, rushed, confusing speech. Uh, he shuts the door in her face. And she gets so upset, she goes running away and like falls <laughs> over a rock. And <laughs> I mean, it's all a very funny scene. Well, <laughs> but it's, I, it's it's a very it's a very Usagi moment, which is yeah. you know yes. that's my favorite character. I have no problem with with my my ditzy princesses. Yes, and the, and she definitely is, is played that way because then, then she is greatly relieved when he shows up to say, "Okay, I do love you back." It's right. just now so I have to go to America to find my fortune. <laughs> oh, that's that's how those things always happen. <laughs> that's that's a that's a tough part in a relationship. Uh, well, thank you both for indulging me. Nothing makes me uh, happier than getting to live in the world of the Princess Bride. Live in Florin for just a little <laughs> bit. So thank you. Uh, uh, Tay, what's uh, up what's next?
0: What's up next? Yeah.
1: All right. Uh, so I, I, I guess I don't have something quite as, as heartwarming and fanciful up next. Um, but I want to talk about Daria. Ooh, I Yay. love Daria. Yeah, yeah mtv cartoon from the 90s uh not voiced by janine garofalo though everybody thought that for some reason (laughs) uh so yeah so we'll we'll talk about it we gotta i find myself quoting six sad world a lot these days so why not just watch some dark yeah i'm excited i'm gonna i'm gonna find that um entire series dvd collection that somebody bought me at a comic book convention many years ago. <laughs> you, well, and that's better, though, because the re-release, the official ones, all the music's changed because MTV <sighs> had all the rights to have all that music because there's so much iconic music in the original, but then the re-release, it's all changed
0: out because they didn't have the rights for the music. Spoiler oh, alert, I have I all your that. DVDs. Yeah. You do? You brought them up here for me to watch a long time ago and I kept them.
1: <laughs> oh, man.
0: So... All right, all right. Well, that sounds great. Yeah,
1: I'm excited. Well, uh, thank you both. This has been fun. Thank you, listeners. Uh, I hope you're all hanging in there and doing well, and and really treat yourself to the Princess Bride if you haven't before. It's as good. I know a friend has tried to talk you into watching it before. There's no way they haven't, and it's it lives up to the hype. So, so do that. Uh, thank you to Maximum Fun. You should go to maximumfun.org for a lot of podcasts that you would love. Uh, thank you um, everybody who tweets at us at Still Buff if you have anything, comments or anything. And you can email us too at stillbuffering at maximum dot org. It works. Please email us. Um, and thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change of Mind.
0: This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy.
1: And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am a
0: team uh, still buffering. It's yours. Thanks. and (laughs) And i i am am too (laughs) one day when i'm not actually a teenager anymore i'll get it right
1: as you wish Welcome. Thank you. No Thanks. problem. Thank These you. are real podcast listeners, not actors. What do you look for in a podcast? Reliability is big for me. Power.
0: I'd say comfort.
1: What do you think of this? Oh. Oh. That's Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan Jesse Go? They came out of the floor? And down from the ceiling? That can't be safe. I'm upset. Can we go now?
0: Soon. Jordan Jesse Go, a real podcast. MaximumFun.org.
1: Comedy and culture. Artist owned.
0: Listener supported.